0: Welcome to the 60 Cycles podcast, a podcast where I'll be hosting people whose work I find interesting from modular synths, music, science, arts, and uh, so many other things. Today's guest is Rob Ray from the West Coast of the USA in California. Rob hosts the Possible Thumbs podcast and is also the design lead for the front panel user interface of the COVID-19 ventilator device produced by NASA. Good to have you, Rob. Rob.
1: Yes, yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, I hope I did you justice in that introduction.
1: <laughs> you you totally did. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's um, great to be chatting with you again after having you um, on our podcast.
0: Great. Uh, interestingly, you're the first person I'm hosting on my podcast and um i kind of Woo-hoo. got <laughs> i kind of got the idea to start this whole thing of podcasting after you hosted me on your opposable thumbs podcast uh a couple of months ago i think
1: yeah yeah that's great i mean it's um it's so perfect really for people like us who are into sound and into you know computers and stuff that it's all the right components just waiting for us to uh experiment with it so it's really nice to be on and also really nice to be the first guest it's really flattering
0: great you're very welcome rob um
1: so could you talk more about yourself Uh, sure yeah sure i'm um i'm a designer and an artist uh and um a sound weirdo (laughs) i think is maybe the best way to describe myself yeah um I uh, am a designer at the Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena, California, which Woo! is just 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 up the street from me. yeah <laughs> um, the JPL is a really um, fun, interesting, and challenging place to work. Um, I've been there for about two years and uh, I got there because I actually have a background in um, design and user experience, but um, also in Uh, you know, uh, programming and on the tech side. And so I only moved over to design full-time a few, maybe five years ago or something like that. And so um, it's, but I've always been an artist. And so it's, I've always sort of looked at designers and been inspired by the work they do. And then finally decided that um, it would be fun to try it in a more full-time way. Um, And so um, I ended up working at NASA. Um, I'm certainly not someone I ever imagined who could work at NASA, but um <laughs> but it just kind of worked out. I I interviewed actually there for quite some time and and kind of honestly thought that maybe I would never get a job there and then they actually contacted me and said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to come out for a visit?" And so it was really nice to be asked and somehow it worked out. So now I'm uh working on projects for space exploration.
0: Great, great, great. Um so uh, were you first interested in computers before the music came in? Were you first interested in the music or the computers? How did your journey? Oh, yeah, how did that's you... That's such, <laughs> such a great question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I was, Um, I was, my, my dad was into computers at a very early age. He was into ham radio or amateur radio when he was quite young and then had always been interested in that and sort of fell into computers as a kind of electronics experimenter. Yeah. Um, he also was a accountant and i think he saw early on how powerful computers could be for finance and that sort of thing um when i was a kid you know yeah and um and so because a computer was around i was always it was a fun place always i felt like i could just go into his he was very cool in that like he always let me just turn it on whenever i wanted to and i could put floppy disks in and stuff like that yeah (laughs) and um so I would always just mess around with it. And um, what was kind of interesting is it was a really old computer and it didn't have a lot of games or anything. Mm-mm. And so what it forced me to kind of do was play around with the operating system and the file system and things like that, right? Because I didn't really have any games. So I would just mess around and copy files from one folder to another. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was really cool, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um and then, you know, the internet came along and that to me felt like, oh, I'm, I'm a computer person. Like that seems cool. And I think that changed everybody's life, you know, around that. Um, I got into sound. I was into, I played the electric bass uh, when I was in high school awesome. and I played saxophone a little bit before that. Yeah. I love the bass. It's my, one of my, it's still my favorite instrument, even though I don't play it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I got into experimental sound, um, synthesizers and drum machines and, weird noise music and that sort of thing um i think i liked it because it was just sounded so strange you know like it it didn't sound like music i heard on the radio and i thought that was really interesting and um what what i think i'm sure brian you can relate to this is um yeah what you find out is often communities like that are quite small right and so sure it's pretty (laughs) it's pretty fun to be like, Oh, I kind of know everybody who does this in my town, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh, Um, And so then you don't feel so silly Uh, trying to be like, well, maybe I should play that. Maybe I should go, maybe I should go to that, you know, Thursday night at a community center or something and try playing music where I feel like if I had tried to, I feel like I never would have thought that way about being in a rock band or something because it just felt too hard to do or too impossible where sitting in front of five of my friends to make strange sounds from a computer and from a drum machine or something feels a lot more easy to do (laughs) and also a lot more fun for me yeah yeah. so they they sort of i'd say music came along a little bit later okay or the sort of combination of the two came along a little bit later but i um i definitely now think of them as one and the same pretty much every day yeah, great.
0: Uh, I, I've just remembered the time you hosted me on your podcast and you asked me yeah. about like the stuff I broke, like while I was still yes. yeah young and, you know, everyone has like those moments yes. when they're trying to figure out things, electronics, maybe computers, because sure. you, you, you're, you're, sure. you're, you're messing with operating systems. So something is bound to break. Yeah. So, Something is going <laughs> to Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So is there any stuff you remember that you really messed up in your process of like, yes. like kind of trying to learn? Could you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so, so many things. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I just thought of a thing I haven't thought of in a really long time, yeah. um, which is my first computer job. I got a job sort of as a systems administrator, you know, just caring for the servers and the computers. And yeah. I kind of got the job because I, I had a different job at that company um doing like inventory counting and stuff and they had decided like hey this this guy's into computers maybe he'll want to help you know and so i got somehow i convinced them that i i was able to do stuff and they let me do it but i remember this one night it was like a a tuesday night or something and i was there to do something quite simple Mm -hmm. i forget what it was add a printer or something to the network yeah something that you know is takes some work but not not that hard um and and there should be clear step-by-step directions for doing it, you yeah. know, and something went wrong and it, and the server asked me to restart it. And at that time we only really had one server with everything on it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I love that you're laughing because you know exactly what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's I know. like, oh, restart it. Okay, okay I'll restart it. Yeah. And I restarted it and it just came up blue screen. What? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, This is the server that, it was a kind of industrial place, a kind of the food processing facility. And so all of the inventory systems, everything was on this one computer, and I had just broken it, and it was like eight o'clock at night. (laughs) And I cried, like I just (laughs) didn't know what to do. I was like the whole, I'm gonna get fired. Everyone is gonna not be able to work, because I can't, like they're gonna come in and be like, oh, the systems are down. And there I'm going to be, you know, I have stayed up all night not knowing what to do and I have broken everything. Yeah. Um, and, and so this is also like so so much about computers. I just decided to restart it again. Mm. after After spending like two hours trying to figure out what's wrong, I was like, I'm just going to restart it. And I restarted it and it came up perfectly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just like... I was just like, oh, I've never felt that good ever before in my life where I was like, I can't believe this computer is working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> so that was probably my most scary moment in my life. Not in my life, but definitely yeah. my work life or yeah. computer life. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that something horrible has gone wrong.
0: Yeah, so the next question was, I wanted to know was um, like, what attracted you to like computers specifically? Uh, was it about like solving problems? Was it about just geeking about and you know fig- figuring out things? was what like interested you in computers and not like becoming a doctor or a dentist or any other thing? Oh,
1: right <laughs> yeah, right, right, right yeah um, Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think the thing that attracted me most to computers. So I don't, I think I'm a person who doesn't have a lot of confidence, you know, like I think often I feel like nervous about my ability to do something, you know, um, but I think with computers, because I had, I mean, you, you may, you may experience this as well. I feel Mm. like things I even learned as a kid on a really crappy computer still work today, you know, like even even though we have fan- much fancier phones and much nicer laptops and that sort of thing. Like I know things I learned with DOS, you know, yeah, yeah, when sure. I was really, really young Yeah. still work. And yeah, so it's true. I, I think because of that, people were like, he seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> and so, so that always made me feel good. You know, that people, people recognize the work I had done. Yeah. Um, and with in even um even with things like uh making like sound or making artwork, or whatever, I still have so much less confidence about yeah. that work yeah. Yeah. than than with computers. So I, I feel like I'm really drawn to the computer because I feel like in a way it likes me as much as I like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> even even when it's mad at me, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but true. Um, um and I and I think I've always felt like I maybe I'm not smart enough to be a doctor or that maybe it's too hard, but with a computer, I feel like it's sort of, it's sort of like a, like a, almost like an animal or something that I've lived with my whole life. And so it feels much easier just to, to go to that and do stuff there. And, and um, I'll say this too. I mm. think what's nice about computers is I'm easily distracted. Like I'm easily like, I want to learn about electronics. Or <laughs> I want to learn about, you know, Sound, or I yeah. want to learn about yeah. Ableton Live, or I want to learn about whatever, you know, whatever it is. And yeah. so much of that now is attached to the computer. Mm. I feel like I have a way in to learning about a new thing through the computer, which feels really good.
0: Great. Um, so as I um, was as trying to read about the uh, California Institute of Tech uh, and the yeah. Jet Propulsion Labs, I understand there's like a collaboration that you guys That's do. Right. Yeah, that you guys do yep. with NASA and I'll come to eventually like your your work with uh, the ventilator sure. and all that. But um could you tell us about a uh, jet propulsion labs, California
1: Institute sure. of Tech and yeah and your yeah, yeah. Uh, and your work Yeah there. for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Cal- Caltech is um is a is a university in Pasadena. It's quite small really. Um it's not like a big sprawling university, like as yes. many people think of universities. Yeah. Um, but it is quite, quite nice. And they've, Caltech has a very long history, a, a really rich history in engineering and in the science, mm. sciences. Um, and um, so, so the Jet Propulsion Lab or JPL is a, is what is called a NASA center, or it's not, it's, um, sorry, it's a, this is like a really boring uh, <laughs> acronym, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's a federally funded research and development center, yeah. which means it's a partnership. I think is is the word you use, and yeah. that's a really great yeah. word yeah. to describe it. And I'll I'll tell you how that what that means for my life. What that means for my life is I get a paycheck every two weeks, which is really great to get paid. <laughs> um, and that that paycheck comes from Caltech, right? Like yeah. my yeah. my my boss, my like my. My job is at Caltech, yeah, sure, but every everything I do at Caltech, even if that's like I have to buy paper clips or something or something really small, NASA pays for, right? so great. So NASA indirectly pays my salary, okay and they pay for all of the work and projects that I do, great um, but Caltech essentially gives me a paycheck, <laughs> so. So it's and I can go to Caltech and go to their library or do things like that, which is really nice. Right. You know, it's nice to have those resources. Awesome. So, um, what? What? Okay.
0: What exactly the, do the jet propulsion labs do as part of NASA? Sure. I understand they have like different. Yeah. Uh, are they campuses or?
1: Yeah, yeah, different centers and that that's yeah, a great yeah, yeah. They're like campuses essentially. Um yeah, the yeah. JPL has a, a specific mm. mission. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked cuz I, I I should have actually said that and you you asked me the question which is good. Okay. So the JPL um focuses on on un un what's called unmanned missions, missions without astronauts typically, ah. right? So when you think of the voyager probe or the mars rover yeah these sort of you know robots really right or orbiters landers those types of things yeah um that don't have an astronaut that go with them is mostly what the jpl does so we work on the where something like um you know you know kennedy or one of the other nath johnson space center one of those other centers works much more closely day-to-day with astronauts and with um space flight you know, like, like, um, like the space shuttle or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that said, it, um, J- so, so because of that, a lot of what the JPL does is deeper in space where humans can't go. Right. So one of the things that JPL is working on right now is, um, an orbiter mission to a, a moon of Jupiter called Europa. Oh. Um, and, yeah, which is really, really cool. And yeah. um, it's a really great mission. Um, right now it's an orbiter, meaning it will orbit around the moon of Europa. I forget how many times, mm-hmm. more than a dozen times, mm-hmm. quite a few. Um, and that is to better understand the surface of Europa yeah, and it its possibility for um, containing life. Yeah. Uh, and then perhaps if the money comes through, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you never know, <laughs> mm-hmm. there, will be a, there will be a lander mission which will use the the understanding that we got from the Clipper mission to try to land a spacecraft on onto Europa itself. Um, and another mission is that a lot of people know is the Mars Curiosity rover yeah. and the um, InSight lander, which landed uh, somewhat recently on the surface of Mars. And so those sort of um, robotics missions are typically JPL missions. Oh, great.
0: Yeah. Um uh switching a little bit uh before sure. yeah before we get to your work that we want to talk about yeah yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. could you could you could you tell us uh, a little bit about like the situation of uh, COVID in the USA, because yeah, uh, sure. we, we, we we get a lot of conflicting. I mean, yes. in, information in the media. I think. Uh, yeah. The I mean, yep. different interests and all that. But it would be good to understand what's going on from the perspective of someone sure. who is actually
1: there. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's. Um. I mean, it is um, really scary, right? Like, it's just like, oh my gosh, like the world right now is going through this thing that I feel like in the, the modern era anyway, like, you know, the 20th and 21st century, we just really haven't ever experienced before, you know? Um, I think one of the things that's interesting and it's, it's really interesting to talk to you, you know, who is on another continent, you know, is that because of, air travel Mm. and things like that. We're all kind of experiencing the same thing at the same time because of the internet and air travel, right? Like we see one another's news. Mm. We can get on a plane, you know, it would take a long time, but I could get on a plane and go visit you. Right. And that, um, makes things that are transmissible by humans really move fast throughout the world. And so I, I share your curiosity about like also how you're doing and how, you know, things feel there as well. Um, It's, um, so I'm in California Mm. and in Los Angeles and Los Angeles is definitely one of the places in the United States that is really struggling right now with a lot of having a lot of cases Mm. of people who have had it. Um, I know, I do know personally, a, a person who probably has had it. Um, testing is, is hard right now because, and this is, is interesting, right? Because it's also, um, one of the things we're really, I think, trying to get our hands around here in the U S but probably everywhere is just how imprecise often science is right. <laughs> and healthcare is yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. it's like this week we think this, and then yeah, next week yeah. we have to change our mind, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and that feels, um, I think pretty, pretty legible to everybody like that we're still trying to get our arms around this thing, mm. you know, to understand what's happening. Um, I have been working remotely, so I've been working at home. Mm. Um, a lot of people I know have, have lost their jobs or are working at home. And so I feel really good, really happy to have a job still. Um, because a lot of people don't, you know, uh, particularly people who work in restaurants or work in nightclubs, you know, musicians, I know a number of musicians whose life right now is just stuck, you know, because they can't, as you know, as a musician, like touring is often yeah, really a, a powerful way to for people to learn about your what you do it's also yeah, a, yeah. a way to get paid and so it's really hard for them i think um to to do stuff um it's hard i mean i think also you know the united states has also i'm sure it's clear on other countries as well like we have a, a problem a lot of countries have but it feels really big here where the federal government may say one thing and then the state government says another thing and then our local government says another thing. <laughs> and so <Yeah. laughs> you are left to wonder like who do I what do I do? You know, like it just feels we yeah, feel really yeah, it's crazy. It it feels bad, right? Yeah, that that like people can't can't work together. And that that feels really tragic for me because now is the time that we really need that to happen. Yeah, um, I think also everyone here and and you may have this as well people a few weeks ago started to feel more optimistic you know they started to feel like maybe it's going down (laughs) yeah and now we're really you know we're really realizing like i think especially in more rural parts of the united states where there's less people yeah it's just taken longer to get there and if people haven't been really trying to we have this phrase social social distancing which I, i assume you may have some familiarity with or may also have other words for it. Yeah. Which means like staying six feet apart, right? Mm-hmm. And like not coughing on one another and stuff. And so, and that seems like an important way to restrict the transmission of the virus, but a lot of people haven't been doing it. And so, because it feels so socially weird and um, you may, you'll probably think this is funny, Brian. I think sometimes I think also people who do strange stuff, like I feel like computer nerds or sound mm people or whatever we're used to being like misunderstood <laughs> you know <laughs> and so i kind of like that like i feel like in some ways i'm more equipped to do something that maybe lo- makes me look weird yeah you know like wear a mask or something <laughs> yeah because because i'm used to feeling like most of the world doesn't understand what i'm interested in anyway so y- yeah. i try to just just do what feels right and see what happens but um yeah, it feels it. like I want to be optimistic, but I think it's going to be a while before things get better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um,
0: On uh, okay, like on our side, the good thing is that okay, in Uganda we've also had COVID. I think we are coming to closing in on about one thousand cases. Uh, Our Uh uh our airport was closed. um, We have only one airport anyway, so (laughs) like major international airport. Uh uh So uh it's been closed now Uh for like three or four months. but we, we we don't have any deaths so far, which is a good thing.
1: That's great. Wow, that's really great.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted to get to your work that um, you I recently got to know about uh, about sure. being uh, part of designing the ventilator, not actually just being part of it, but being the lead designer for the uh, user interface, is it yeah. for the COVID-19 yep. ventilator? Yep. And I thought that is um, a great way because most of the time, you know, when you're geeking out and maybe you have interest in all this stuff that Uh we're talking about—sound, music, and all that—you know, it's not something people take serious or very relevant to like everyday life. But then uh, it's a place where I think you develop a lot of skills that can, you know, come in very handy in a time like this where you know something that is life-saving, like a ventilator, uh, is needed and you can transfer the same skills that you've developed in all these other places. Definitely. Yeah. So, could you t- tell us about uh, um, the whole process of like collaborating with other engineers and uh, sure. uh, yeah, 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 and how it feels to be—I mean—part of such a monumental thing.
1: Yeah, it feels—it feels great. Honestly, I'll—I'll I'll say that first. Like, it feels really great. It also feels really weird because. Um, in some ways our work is kind of done right now like we've we've designed the two ventilators and we're we're relying on other people to actually produce them yeah. right because the, the JPL like i said before we really specialize in making one thing or a, a couple of things mm. like let's send a rover to mars but we wouldn't make 30,000 rovers to go to mars like <laughs> yeah. we don't think of ourselves as a production yeah, sure. you know facility sure. in that way mm. and so i think it was a really smart decision by um, the engineering team at JPL to decide we're just going to make the design the best way we can. And then um, let uh, someone else actually make it in, you know, in the numbers that it would need to be made. And, and um, it's freely licensable. So um, if a person has to, a company has to apply for a license to make it. Yeah. Um, But, but the application is, it's not super difficult. There is some, a little bit of, Uh, I think the thing, the reason why it exists that way is because the JPL does want to provide to those people who are making it some support and help. And so it's a little bit like trying to figure out maybe who are the, you know, dozen or so people who would want to make it as opposed to trying to answer everyone's questions, you know, like, like every single person who thinks it might be a good idea. It would be, be hard, you know, to do that. It would be sort of like getting a lot of tweets from everybody in the world and then trying to answer them all or something. Um so I think they've been a little bit diligent about that. So um I was asked to I I was it was funny is I wasn't really asked to be on the project initially, mm. but I was asked about because I think often like many projects, um for anything, a couple of people just start working on an idea, right? They just start mm. sketching it out and being like, hey, is this possible? like can we get permission from our bosses to do this you know it's like the classic kind of just thinking through an idea and then being like you know maybe we should email and just see if we <laughs> yeah, can do yeah, it yeah. and and then that list kind of that kind of group of people grew and grew mm. and then um there was a realization you know that that there does need to be a user interface for the for the uh for the device yeah. and you know uh what we call a respiratory therapist, which is a specialist who sort of operates ventilators and those sorts of things in um, what we call an ICU, which I, you may have a different word for that, but a, a intensive care unit, like yes. where really urgent patients are seen. Mm. Um, you know, you got to have an interface that's really easy to understand and like understand and know how to use. Um, and uh, so there was a a meeting that happened mm. that I, a number of people got invited to, and for some reason, I just started asking questions, like, <laughs> like um, which is always a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> like, you ask questions, everyone's gonna look at you like, well, I guess you have the answers. And yeah, that's what yeah, happened. Kind yeah. of, and yeah. I, <laughs> I asked the question, like, hey, who's, who's, has anyone talked to a nurse about this button? Yeah. Or I asked the question, um, I asked the thing, I said, you know, I think one of the things we're gonna have to think about is, we're designing this ventilator not for use. It could get used in a hospital, yeah. right? But it could just as easily get used at night on the side of the road, yeah. you know, in a tent, yeah. in like a temporary hospital. Mm. Or it could get used in a school because the school has been converted into hospital beds. Yeah. And the lighting conditions in all of those places is going to be very different than it would be in a hospital. Mm. So how do you... What do we, What do we do about that? And that's when everyone in the group just kind of looked at me like, and kind of sort of said like, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, and then of course, and so then I kind of realized like, I didn't have any answers to my questions either, you know? And we then like three hours later, some people who were working on the project had been emailing and calling doctors that Mm. they knew Mm. and said like, Hey, we're working on this ventilator. Will you just, look at this over skype over like a meeting online meeting mm. and tell us what you don't understand mm. you know tell us what you don't understand like what's wrong what doesn't make any sense what should these if this was a button for you what would it say mm. those kinds of questions and so i joined that meeting and then out of that we realized that our best thing to do was to make a sketch of the user interface mm. make a better sketch than the one that we had drawn and bring them back the next morning to ask how we were doing. Mm. And so I started that work about ten o'clock at night and the meeting the next day was around eight thirty in the morning, nine in the morning. And so I just worked all night to try to make the the closest thing I could to what we understood as good. Mm. Um and you'll you'll I think you'll really appreciate this. Um I I have never worked on a medical device before, <clears> you know. Uh, and so I didn't know a lot. I was like, I don't know what language they would use and stuff. Yeah. But I was like, who I'd asked this question about lighting conditions and about, um, you know, someone who's operating this could have not slept for days mm. because they're so busy with all the patients. True. And so I started thinking like, who is it? I know who, who is under hard lighting conditions need to like operate a thing <laughs> is under a lot of stress, you know? And I was like a musician, a musician does that every night, you know? Yeah. Like they may have had a couple of drinks or something. (laughs) And so they're, they're a little bit blurry. Mm. They most times lighting, as you know, as a performer, lighting is usually horrible. Yeah. You know, it's either too bright or too dark. Yeah. True. Um, and so I started just printing out synth interfaces and other electronics interfaces that I knew musicians used. Yeah. Um, I printed out things like the Moog Matriarch, yeah, great. Uh, which if you look at the Matriarch and then you look at my ventilator, you'll see some similarities there. Okay. Um, I started looking at um, a lot of um, modular synthesizers mm, you know? mm, um, mm. to think about, uh, I mean, modular synthesizers in general are a little bit hard to understand if you don't know what it's yeah, doing. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. But what is nice is, you know, some of those interfaces have really gotten quite good Mm. at, you know, at least showing you where to look, you know, (laughs) or like (laughs) making at least one of the buttons bigger than the others. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Um, uh, I looked at the Arturia stuff. Mm, mm, Um, mm. uh, Yeah, just a lot of different interfaces. And Mm. for things like um, how do they handle text, right? Like is text all caps? Yeah. Is it capital case? What is the spacing for the text? Is it really far apart? Mm. Is it really close together? Is the is the is it um, like sans serif or serif? You know mm. those types of questions. What size is it? Um, and also contrast like if the synth is is dark gray or black. What color is the text? Mm. You know like is it? Mm. And in the case of the Moog Matriarch, right? There's these sort of colorized panels like a green and a red and a blue. And then um, sometimes the text is white and sometimes the text is black. Mm. And that is often used to show, um, this is true, I think, in the arterial devices as well. Like when you do, when you like kind of want to hold down a, a meta key or a shift button, yeah. you know, like yeah. the secondary thing that button can do. So I just started to dig through that. And I just, I'm kind of old school. I printed out a bunch of pages and stuck them on the wall. yeah, And just started selecting the things that were jumping out to me. And so I spent... The whole night, overnight, going through that and trying to get it ready, um, and then that started the eight-week journey <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of of building the the UI for the panel. Which it, it took about twenty-two versions, I think, to yeah. finally get it to the final version. Yeah,
0: that's great. That's awesome stuff to to, to, to learn on what happened behind the scenes with the design. Um, yeah, as as as, as 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 kind of wondering like what advice would you give to someone that would, I mean, want to take up a career like you? Like how, where do you start oh, yeah. from to mm-hmm. <laughs> become mm-hmm. s- so good to the extent that you work with NASA at California Institute of Technology and all that. I'm sure the people who are listening in who would be interested in knowing. Um,
1: yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. Thanks. I, I think, um, so I, I have a. Uh, I mean, I, I know you probably feel this way too. Like I think, and I think a lot of musicians or creative people who also work in technology mm. feel like there's two parts of their brain, right? Mm. There's the creative part of their brain, and then the problem solving part of their brain. Yeah. Um, and I often, I talk to uh, my co-host Taylor about this a lot on our podcast, which is, I feel like the designer parts of me is trying to make things easier to understand, mm. right? Or create what I call maybe legibility, right? That ability to make it clear, understandable, Mm. knowing what all the buttons are, that Mm. sort of thing. Mm. But my life as an, as an artist and a sound creator, Mm. I feel like I'm more trying to create, ask questions, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm. to have someone not understand what they're hearing, (laughs) but to try to take it apart and to understand. Yeah. Um, what they're hearing and then wondering why and to sort of provoking those questions. Mm. And I think the thing that I try to do at work is combine the two. I think that's the, the skill set I have that maybe someone who is much maybe smarter than me or has more math than me (coughs) or is a better programmer than me Mm. maybe isn't doing right. Mm. Is that combining the work of trying to make something more clear as a designer, but also still, through a practice of asking questions, yeah. right? like asking the end user, like, what do you think? Or yeah. if you look at this and you look at this, how do both of those feel different? Or yeah. sort of really being almost like a journalist or, or uh, 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 some sort of investigator or something yeah. to just keep asking questions, keep provoking, and then keep tuning it up. And that, I feel like, is somehow a skill set that I have Mm. that other people don't seem to have or don't understand <laughs> and somehow people think that's valuable. So <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, I think it takes a lot of patience as well
0: to sit down and figure out things and, yes. Yeah. over time yeah. because, I mean, this is something you said you started when you were a kid messing around with yep. the operating yep. systems and all that. Yeah, so uh, about um, sound and music what what kind of yeah. uh, stuff are you into what what inspires you what kind of stuff oh do you cre- yeah what kind of stuff do you create
1: mm-hmm. yeah I've been um this is uh thank you for asking I've been um so I initially um listened to a lot of um maybe kind of ex- I listened to a lot of like punk rock music and um, mm. metal and those types of music, like that type of stuff when I was in high school. Mm. And somehow, I forget, I don't really remember now how, but I got interested, I think because I got interested, I was interested in electronics, and I had, um, I had made a distortion pedal for myself mm. uh, for my punk rock band yeah. in high school, but I was as, as interested in electronics as I was the music, mm. you know? And so then, of course, it wasn't very long until I found electronic music, which really puts those two together in a really yeah, nice way yeah of course um and those those that music i heard really i was more connected to noise music or experimental music music that was really crazy sounding really mm, intense mm, yeah um and then i moved to chicago uh mm. in my early 20s mm-hmm. and i really just discovered like house and techno music and more dance oriented music wow well. and kind of realized that Th- that music is something more people understand, but it's also equally weird. It's <laughs> also strange too, you know? It's just people don't think of it as strange. Mm. But when you, I think often, like if you listen to a house or techno track, some of it is really weird, you yeah, know? Yeah. But um, but people don't think of it that way uh, just because it's r- rhythmic. And so yeah, yeah. I really enjoy and have been just starting to make music again trying to find that balance between rhythmic and and weird you know yeah uh uh, and so i i have to say this like i'm also a a huge fan of the music you make because of that i think you ah thank you really um explore those areas in a really interesting way right yeah where where you you find a rhythm or a pattern yeah in our and in some ways are attached to that rhythm and pattern, but are also kind of working against it or trying to insert something into it that makes it more interesting or challenges what we're hearing. And I, I I really love that type of music. So um, it's, it's been great to hear your work. Um, And also it's, it's really inspiring to uh, I I do also make some stuff. I'm just about to etch a circuit board for the first time Ah. in many years. (laughs) It's a really basic like fuzz pedal. putting together but i i really wanted to reconnect with you know not buying something yeah pre-made and really trying to think like can i just pull the components together out of my trash bin and like make a make a etch a circuit board and see if i can put it together so we'll see how i do (laughs) Uh, catch up with me in a few months and maybe i'll just be crying (laughs) that it never works for (laughs) sure for sure but we'll see uh, uh,
0: Rob, we're coming to the end of um, this episode, and um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. I think it's been great for the first, I sure. mean, <laughs> the first episode of my <laughs> podcast. Uh, I hope uh, the situation in your country improves, and uh, yes, thank you, yeah, Same. and life Likewise. gets back to normal. And uh, maybe you could personal good wishes to your family.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And to, and to as well. yeah. yeah. Okay. Have, yeah.
0: have a good night on your side. And uh, I think good morning on my side, cause it's just coming to 8am and I think yeah, it, great. you're prepar- great. you're preparing to go and sleep.
1: Yeah. And I also wanted to say if anyone, I, I wanted to make sure one, one quick thing, yeah. which is um, I think you asked me a really important question, which is how do other people pursue what I'm doing? Yeah. yeah sure. And I think if I was going to answer that a second way, I would say just just keep asking questions even yeah. when people don't understand why you're asking them. Yeah, And somebody hopefully will be like, I like that this person's asking questions and I want to keep doing that. Yeah. So thank you so much. It was really, really, really great and super a super honor. Yeah, thank you. Thank you
0: very much.